how you doing? B, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> I was talking to everybody, but then I was like, I should I should ask you too. It's only Oh polite. no no no, forget about me. I'll jump in later. <laughs> uh hi. This, this is no chick flick moments. Don't laugh at me, B. I'm great at intros. This is this is no chick flick moments, and I'm Remy. Hi, Remy. I'm B. Hi, B. And this is No Chick Flick Moments. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. And today, B, why don't you tell us what episode we're watching today? We are on episode number 300, season 14, <laughs> episode 13, Lebanon. The long-awaited, long-anticipated episode 300. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. We knew that this episode was coming for many, many moons before it actually aired, as I'm sure most of you know. Um, we knew the general structure of the episode, and we knew who was going to be making some special appearances, and this is the accumulation of all that anticipation. So, are you ready, B? No, I am not, but let's go. <laughs> basically how we feel okay no this is great this was an episode written by andrew dab and meredith glenn i don't think that's a writer <gasps> duo that we've ever seen before i don't think so either Woof. and it was directed by robert singer so the the uh episode description reads Sam and Dean look to occult lore for a solution to their latest problem, but instead of a solution, they find much more than either of them had anticipated. They are always biting off more than they can chew. What did they find, B? <laughs> a wild Jeffrey Dean Morgan appears. <laughs> the the trainer battle music starts playing. This is not even spoilers, not spoilers. We're just this is episode 300, guys. Fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take us away. Yeah, okay, so we start off right away at the Precious Pawn store in an unnamed city. And uh, Sam and Dean have entered, and they go to talk to the shop owner. And uh, he's initially just talking about the rack sale that's going on today only, but they flash a billfold. They want the good shit. <laughs> the good stuff. The really good stuff. Yes. I actually got really excited about this. As this intro, this cold open, right? I love whenever it's like pawn shop, like these eclectically gathered locations. Like, ooh, what's it going to be? I thought when we, and then we go into the back room, okay? And the good stuff is apparently all of these like hunter objects, right? These objects Hell of the yeah. occult, these objects of the supernatural. And I was so excited. I was like, this is every fanfic ever that has this like underground of, or even Tara from season 11? Let's say season 11. Uh, no, it was 10. No, it was nine. It was nine. <laughs> Anyways, Tara. <The> final bid. <laughs> final bid. Uh, Tara from John's, uh, one of John's old hunting buddies. She had her own, like, um, you know, this underground hunter pawn store. And um, I just always love to build the universe. And I was really excited. Like, oh, oh, my God, this is where Sam and Dean go to get their fairy dust. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. And like the ledger, not to get like too far ahead, but uh-huh. I was like pausing and reading through the ledger just to see what little um objects were created for this verse. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much shit in here that I'm like, this would be perfect for fanfic. Oh, you have to tell us some of those things. But unfortunately, my hopes and dreams were crushed a little bit here by them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't their regular dude. They've come. He's trying to sell them hands of glory, gree bags, anointed dove's blood, the usual good stuff. <laughs> Flashes the bottle of dragon's breath, but Dean's like, no, no, we're looking for the skull of Sarah Good. She was a Salem witch trials victim, and that's what they're here for. Yeah, and and this guy we never named him, did we? No, he doesn't have a name. Unfortunately, I he's liked so him. good. I liked him. Ah, oh, um, okay. Yeah, no. don't get attached. It's <laughs> and he says, "I think I can help you out." And he goes to this full wall safe and he pops it open. And he's kind of chatting, and um, actual cat Sam Winchester picks up a a teddy bear. <laughs> Uh, a blood bag teddy bear, according to the ledger. A blood bag teddy bear. Yep. Ooh. Well, it it looks like a, a slightly ratty teddy bear. It has a voice box and a and a voice string. Um, and Sam wants to pull that string so bad, so bad. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about a one-eyed teddy bear where you're like, oh, this is a toy? I mean, amongst <laughs> all this accoutrement, it's got to be a toy. <laughs> And and the guy, without even turning around, he's like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. So. Yeah, no, no, no. If you want to live. <laughs> so uh, Sam sheepishly puts it back on the counter. Yeah. And our shop guy here, he turns around and kind of flourishes the skull. And he says that he got it from a flea market. But Dean is like, uh, no, no. You got mm. it from Bart Camps. He's a hunter friend of theirs from Boston. And he is dead, cut in half. So, hmm. Question mark. Oh no, and this is when my dreams die where <laughs> just yeah. like we can see see the the light fade from the shopkeeper's eye. Uh, So do my hopes that this was a stick around character. Um, But he attacks with the dragon's breath because uh, not yet, not yet. No, he he pulls out the sword Crossea. No, he 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 attacked with the dragon's breath first. Oh, you're right. To put them down on their backs. You, you're right, you're then... right. <laughs> I know I'm right. I know. I mean, you're humble too. I don't need a break. So he he pulls out the dragon's breath. He flames them down. And they take cover on the floor. And then uh, he pulls out, yeah, the uh, sword. Crisea. Crisea, yeah. And in theory, this thing cuts through anything in one slice. But he kind of jokes about Sam being so tall. He's like, oh, uh-huh. maybe it'll take a couple on you. Uh-huh. And he raises the sword to strike and blammo. Yes. This shop owner, I mean, he thinks he's got the upper hand enough to monologue because <laughs> Sam's prone, but Dean just grabs his gun and shoots him and is like, oh no, they always talk too much. That shrug he gives, he's like, they always talk too much. Yeah, he's, we're on episode 300, okay? He's had enough experience to know the villain monologue is just constantly running. I love it. I mean, this 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 episode has so many, I mean, you know, 
throughout the whole Supernatural series, we've had our poke fun episodes, right? Um, like with fan fiction or uh, the the one other Supernatural convention episode that I cannot remember now. But mm, yes, yes. Uh, 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 we're treating this as something of a special episode and we always get to, you know, have a little meta in our special episodes. Yeah, and there's a little bit of lampshading. Uh, this was a bit of a meta line. And it's just fun, too. It's so Dean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've killed the shop owner. And now here's where the, Sam starts reviewing the ledger that this guy has been keeping. And there's just a ton of occult objects that are listed in there. And Sam and Dean are kind of like, well, what do we do with this? And then they settle on, well, we got to collect it all up and take it home because we can't just leave it here. And Dean is playing with Dragon's Breath. Now we have actual cat Dean Winchester, who picks up the Dragon's Breath and gives it a little squirt. Yeah, shiny glass bottle, and we hadn't seen it breathe flame earlier. Like, what does this do? (laughs) And Sam gives him the same look that Dean gave Sam when he picked up the teddy bear. So There's so many good faces that go on this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what we can see in the ledger of this time, there's a cursed letter from Cleopatra, that blood bag teddy bear that I mentioned. There's a little note underneath it that says it's for child sacrifices, and it has some sigil locks on it. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) There's a skin pouch, a cursed map piece, um, something called the timeless cup, and it says to make one forget everything. Memory wipe. So I'm like, "Mm." oh, my God. So much fan fiction. So much fodder. So yeah, that's just on the page this time here. And then from here, they have a quick shot of them driving home to Lebanon. And then we move immediately to the Lebanon Vista Theater, which apparently only plays horror movies. Yeah, we have Beetlejuice and All Saints Day playing in February. So early February. Hellhazer is on there too, throwing back to the... (laughs) Was it season two? Yeah. Yeah. And... We have uh, this young um, teenager boy, and he is telling camp stories of the urban legend of the Winchester brothers. Yes, yes. And, like, we hear that they're brothers, but I heard noises coming out of their trunk once, and it was just, like, banging, and then it was just breathing. And they're like, okay, you're, you're freaking out this new girl in town here, Max. And her friend Stacy sitting right there is being very protective of her and is like, stop it. And so Elliot, Max, Stacy, B, and Ethan, they watch the Impella approach and kind of are nudging each other, being like, that's it, that's it. And Sam and Dean come out to go head to the liquor board store. Yeah, and they come, they go into the liquor store, and they are not the Winchester brothers here at home in Lebanon. They are... Uh, the the Campbell brothers, the, the, um, oh no, he's named later, but what is his name? Jackson? Jackson. Jackson, the liquor store owner. He greets them warmly. He says, ah, the Campbell brothers, my best customers, basically. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to be in there enough to be on a first name basis, you got to be good. Uh Uh-huh. And he says the usual, and I... And uh, Dean says, make that a double. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm sitting there. I'm like, Dean, how often are you in here? What is the usual? Like, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Um, 
Did you see in the background, again, there was the Family Business Bureau Co. Um, neon sign, and then there was also a poster that had all of their drinks listed on there. No, I didn't see that. I mm-hmm. didn't. There was it. a couple other like little Easter egg signs in there too, but I wasn't like, I'm like, this is not the Easter egg trivia show as much <laughs> as I want to stare at that ledger and tell you everything. Oh my God. No, I appreciate you translating that ledger. That was, <laughs> I didn't even think, I didn't even think. I When I get HD and like, I'm able to actually pause and look at that better, I, you better believe I'm going to be looking down every single line, figuring it out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But, but here's Sam again. He's holding the book. He's reading it as Dean's perusing the aisles and Sam's saying, you know, there's hangman's rope, there's fairy dust, there's John Wayne Gacy's cigar box in here. And... He is just saying that, okay, we've brought all this stuff home. Cass is out with Jack and Jules. And when they come home, we can make a big thing out of cataloging all of this, you know? Like, kind of elbowing at Dean. We'll take your mind off of things. Uh Uh-huh. We'll make a day of it. Yeah. And Dean's just sassy, like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And, oh, what kind of things is... Are we trying to take my mind off? You mean, like, this whole Michael thing up in my noggin? That's what you're talking about? bitch face Sam he's like okay unnecessary (laughs) yeah and he's just like well I thought it was fun like there's just a little element there of like it's not as bad as you're making it sound Dean I didn't ask you to like eat dog food or something (laughs) cataloging though yeah I mean it's a acquired taste maybe and we have Elliot back outside across the street and he's like no seriously guys because they laughed him off before um he says, where do they come from? Uh, what are they doing here? You know, them and their weird sidekick with the trench coat. And what about that kid with the stupid perpetual Bambi face? Yeah, that dumb Bambi look on his face all the time. Uh-huh. So, okay, we're getting even more name drops going on for um, the urban legends that have built around them <laughs> in this town. Small town. Oh my god, yeah. And Stacy's like, okay, no, we I'm getting ready to go and Max is a little flustered too as she's leaving. And Stacy, she just kind of drags her hand over the front of the Impala and is commenting on how, you know, they have good taste in cars at least. And this whole Stacy Max uh, little interaction, I'm like, oh, baby gay! Look, <laughs> look, look, there's a baby gay! I'm like, small town gays, you gotta be so careful, girls. <laughs> and and then uh, Stacy leaves and, and she compliments the Impala, and then Max gives the Impala a suspect look. And I said, no, baby gay, no. (laughs) She's like, she likes the car. There's only one solution. Steal it. No, baby gay. Not baby. (laughs) She's not listening to you, Remy. She's getting in that driver's seat and she is gone. Oh my God. So we're back in the liquor store and Sam still looking at the ledger. He's like, oh my God, Dean, you're not going to believe this. This Oh my god. Yeah. The ledger here, it mentions something called the Beizhou Pearl. And it is this one of eight ancient Chinese relics. And it essentially will grant you whatever your heart desires. And Dean's like, two plus two is four. Oh my god, I can use it to get rid of Michael. Uh-huh. Yay! He says, he says, so are you telling me that the solution to all of our problems is right outside 
in the Impala. And as he's saying this line, great directing. Oh as God, he's saying yes. this line, we can see the Impala like driving away. <laughs> yes, it pulls away just as Dean's pointing to it. I'm behind Sam's back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a really great little gag there. Uh huh. And Sam says, yeah, yeah. And he's super excited. And then Dean says, no. Yeah, Dean looks like he has a small carriage with an infant in it, and it just started (laughs) rolling down a hill. He's like, my baby, my baby. (laughs) Like, he just runs across the street there. Sam's right behind him, and they go and they confront Elliot. And they're just like, what did you see? What did you see? And he says, he says, please, I I didn't see anything. I don't want to die. And yeah, yeah. Dean's just worried about baby. Sam's worried about the contents in the back seat. Right. Elliot's worried about his immediate death. I loved that they like they both ran ran up to Elliot and Sam says, "Look, that car is dangerous." And Dean says, "I swear to God." Yeah. He goes full like I need to talk to your manager moment here on <laughs> Elliot. Like Dean again, his face too. He just looks like he smelled a poop or something. Like he just looks so it's like I can't be here. My mind's all sir. Uh, uh, Elliot's like I, I don't want to be a snitch, but <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, Dean. Yeah. But um he narks out Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, we get the background on Max. New girl, don't even know where she lives. Um, I guess that's all they get. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. she's too new for other details. <laughs> but poor Elliot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to talk about ghost stories and it's another one to have them like confront right in your face yelling. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Sam is on the hunt for Max and he decides that the only logical place to start at is to go to the post office. And he's trying to find her address by this cover story of, oh, you know, like she helped mow my lawn and I didn't give her the money. And so if I could just know where to find her and Marta, the post office worker here, she's like, okay, so you want an underage girl's address? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just give me a second. I'll go look that up. <laughs> and then community darling Dean. Yes. <laughs> he just knows every. He's on a first name basis with everybody. He comes in. He's warming her up with some talk about her grandson. Uh-huh. And um, a little bit of bedroom eyes kind of going on there too. The puppy eyes and the pouty mouth. And he is just pleading, please, Marta, uh, just do it for me. Yeah, and she's doing like this little, almost like a nun moment where she's like, I took a vow. (laughs) (laughs) And Dean touches her hand and oh my God, Sam's face in reaction to this. It's like six different levels of like, (laughs) like if you confused a chicken or something and like the amount that they flip their head around, he did that in like half a second. I had to rewatch it so many times because he was just like, the fuck, the fuck, the fuck. (laughs) Oh my God, guys, listeners, I'm so sorry for how I just injured your ears. <laughs> I'll I'll mess with the game. It's fine. <laughs> and um, so she, Marta Marta's like, okay, I'm not gonna give you her address, but I do happen to know that her mother is working across town at the moment. So yeah, I'll point you her way. Yeah, at least that way it's enough of a a bending without breaking these quote unquote vows. But uh, Dean's got such a fucking schmooze going on here and Sam's little head bob. God bless. I swear. You know, and I mean, okay, so we're halfway through this and and we haven't even really, uh, I feel, put it into context. Okay, so as we said, going into this episode, 
on, you know, when it aired, we knew that this was Lebanon. Yes. This was... This was what we had been waiting for, you know? This was our chance to see Sam and Dean and their family from an outsider's perspective. Like, it was mentioned before season 14 even aired that they knew the 300th episode was in it and they were wanting to do something special. And it was thrown out by, I think it was Dab at the beginning saying that there was going to be this outsider point of view. I Yes, exactly. We were going... we. And we're talking like, like you said, the very beginning of season 14, through this whole season, we've been waiting for the Lebanon episode because we knew it was going to be the Lebanon episode. So much speculation. Yes. And like, I won't speak for all fans, but I certainly know you and I and our friend group, we were like ecstatic about the idea of the outsider point of view coming in. Oh yeah, and and again, we I I, I talk, kind of talking about those special episodes that we've done before, those milestone episodes, how we just choose to have fun with them, and that's what I really wanted. That's what I really wanted. You know, I really wanted to just have fun with it. I wanted this to be a a hijinks episode with Sam and Dean in their hu- in their town. Yeah. You know? That we get to see their day-to-day because so much of what we do see of them and their lives is wrapped up in the bunker. And I'm like, well, that bunker still needs to be supported by an outside environment, you know? Like, where do they go for groceries? Where do they get their alcohol to uh-huh. support their drinking habits? <laughs> All of these things that you're just left wondering and left to fill in the gaps for yourself. This episode was an opportunity to explore it. You know, we we waited for this episode for so long and we had so many um uh, 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 thoughts and 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 there was so much speculation and so many hopes around what this episode would look like. And, you know, it hit some, didn't hit others for reasons that we'll later discuss, but I mean, I I bring it up because community darling Dean, I swear to god. <laughs> Oh my god, that was such an aspect that I'm like, it makes so much sense. And like, not to go too hog wild on it, because we already talked about Rocky's bar a lot. Uh But when we saw him in episode 11, 11? Ah, sure. When we saw him in episode 10, when he was stuck in that place of Michael's creation, he had picked a place where he would be able to chat with everyone who was coming in and like really build a community. And so I feel like this episode is just more the same for Dean, that he is on a first name basis with everybody. He chats and he schmoozes and like he knows Marta's grandson is a pain in his ass. In her ass, like... Yeah, and and we can, you know, converse to Sam a little bit, because when Sam comes in, Marta doesn't want to talk to him. Marta gives him the, the side eye. Sam's probably just straight up picking up the mail. Yes, exactly. Sam just comes and picks up his mail and leaves. Uh, but Dean, obviously, he has, you know, he's uh, struck a rapport with his people. Yeah. And I just love it because he seems to be in real need of a community. And so it's nice that even if it's on a superficial level, he has Lebanon around him. Yeah. And, and you know, we talked about the Hunter Hub and how Dean didn't want to connect to these hunters in the Hunter Hub. But he's good at connections. Yes. But he just wasn't, he, he absolutely did not want to open himself up to this hunter community. Um. Uh, but uh, I don't want to get into it, but I think that there's a certain, like, Asa Fox episode, uh, shock and awe factor of 
of of the the Winchester brothers, and you know Sam is in this community, but he's their leader. You know, he's an authority, or he's their chief. And I think that we kind of get that feeling too when it comes later in, and we see how the timelines differed, but. Sam really seems to strive to be, yeah, like this this pinnacle of something. Like he really throws himself all into his work. He finds value in what he's doing. And that just seems, it's not that Dean doesn't value, but Dean really values the people around him too. And Dean, he seems to really value the normal aspects of a person's person He's, he's, you know, totally chummy with Marta, the postal worker, who's just a civilian living out her life and has a, a, a shit for brains grandson. But I'm, I'm just picturing Dean when he's like 70 and he's sitting on coffee row. like <laughs> All of the old guys in my town, at least, it's like six o'clock in the morning. You get up, you go have coffee row. And you sit there for like a couple hours and then there's probably another coffee row around 1030, another coffee row around three o'clock. And I can just see (laughs) Dean making the fucking rounds. He's like, I got to go chat with them at like this time here and this time there. And like, I can't miss it, Sam. Don't you understand? I think he just grasps for and and... Uh, appreciates the the normal parts of the the world yes the things that he doesn't really get to experience himself but he can live vicariously through his town yes and and I, i'm just like slap my whole butt it's gonna show up at the end of this episode too. <laughs> that is separate from the hunter hub Yes. In that kind of community, but yeah. Yeah. Well, last season, Dean's the one's like, have you ever thought about retirement? Like, I feel like Dean's the one who's kind of over being a hunter. And he won't put it in that terms because he gets so much value out of the situation that his family's in, you know, that he and Sam work on these things together. He and Mary work on it, him and Kat. Like, there's so much of his identity wrapped up in it, but I also think that he would be cool if they all could move to together as one away from it yep yeah <laughs> deep okay. heavy yes. breath it's cool okay we're good yes we're only we're only partway through this lebanon portion of the episode yeah so um so marta says i i can't tell you where max is but i can tell you where her mother is Yes. And so Max's mother, Caitlin, she works at this pizza palace place in town. And we cut over to her being upset because she found out that, hey, her daughter has skipped school and stolen a car in their new town. Cool scene. So so they go to the mother and it just it, it reads to me like, a look, we don't want to press charges. We just. Yes. We, we just want to know where just she is. Just find her. Just bring it back. Everything will be fine. Uh huh. And um, so this pizza place did you did you catch the full name of this pizza place? It was Little Big B and E Pizza Palace. <laughs> so oh my god, I was thinking I'm like, what's the B and E? I was like, was that Bob and Eugenie? Oh, because there's so many. I'm like again Easter eggs. There's the Matherson Lumber Store. I guess there's like two. <laughs> there was there was another one in the liquor board. There's probably more. Maybe yeah. yeah. Maybe they littered every like 
signpost in this town. I would say so. I'm like, they're making up Lebanon. Why the fuck wouldn't they just pepper themselves all around it? It's the episode 300. They're gonna have fun. Oh, I love it. I wish yeah. I knew more. That's uh. my guess is that the B&E was Bob and you, Jenny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, so Caitlin- Max has skipped. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin, Caitlin was supposed to be in school, and uh, my immediate thought was, uh, okay, so there was just a gaggle of, like, seven teenagers sitting around. Were they all supposed to be in school? But this mystery is resolved in the uh, line cook who comes up to the counter and says, oh, it's skip day. Yeah. It's February 7th. It's skip day. And so that's why she's not Did you have a skip day? No, we had a hell week. Uh, well, we had a hell week, right? But the seniors had a skip day. You can always expect that the seniors had a skip day on the Friday. Are you serious? Of hell week. Yeah, yeah. What did oh, you, what did your town or what did your city do for hell week? Um, uh, uh, see, it was kind of like, I don't know. I know that I heard Hell Week. See, I I wasn't very social. Yeah, so. I wasn't either. Okay, but we can still tell the stories like we were part of. Okay, so I'm trying to think about what like people <laughs> did. So I think it was like Hell Week was kind of tied into Spirit Week, where it was like Spirit Week was Spirit Week for the school, but then but then for the upperclassmen, it was like okay, Spirit Week is when we go and we roll all the the rival high school's uh, uh, houses and mm-hmm. when we uh, pull off a senior prank and when we have the upperclassmen skip day and stuff like that. I don't think we got to have a skip day. I oh, mean, you don't get to have anything except no, that. Uh, it's not <laughs> like we were like, please, sir, can we have a skip day? It was like, no, we didn't skip day. What happened was, okay, we had like, three four-way stop signs in town and on hell week the fucking i think it was the wednesday if you were a girl you had to fucking run because the guys were basically trying to catch four girls and then duct tape them to the four-way stop on main street holy shit so yeah you would drive by on main street and there would just be four of us just like i say us four of our classmates just duct taped to each of the stop signs and Oh my god. I, I do remember there was some car stealing. There was some covering vehicles in post-it notes, um, covering them in saran wrap, covering them in egg. There was a lot of shit done to vehicles. We, yeah, we always had at least one uh, vehicle either, like, uh, painted on or, or egged uh, by the end of the day. And, like I said, there was always, like, organized to- uh, TPing. Yeah. Yeah. Targeted TPing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You gotta get your kicks how you get your kicks. Is what is what the line cook says, right? And yep. and he says, it's a small town. You know, kids are gonna have fun. They, well, actually, I got a little ahead of myself. He says, it's skip day. They're probably out at the old house on Route 36. Um, yeah. Blowing off some steam. You know, kids will be kids. Yeah. And this is just what they do. It's fine. You guys can all stop freaking out. And that's good enough for Sam and Dean. Yeah. We go right away to this house on Route 36. And um, Max and Stacy, they're kind of picking through the contents from the backseat of the Impala. And yeah. 
varying opinions of how weird, how cool this kind of stuff is, but we don't get too long into it because pizza shows up and they go running off. Stacy um, picks up that same teddy bear that we saw Sam with and yep. and she's like, oh, this is cool. And then she puts it back in the box. And I'm like, who picks up a teddy bear with a voice box and doesn't pull the string? Come on, girl. I was like, who picks up a rolled, musty looking teddy bear and goes, this is cool. <laughs> That's where my big, I was like, mm. although I'm with you. They, they stole, so Max stole this car, brought it to the house, brought all the creepy shit in. I mean, I assume she yeah, could open not? the trunk. Uh, like, no, God no. forbid she could open the trunk. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, she brings in all the creepy shit from the back. And what kind of stories are being woven now about. Oh, the- no kidding. The mysterious Campbell brothers. If you if you thought the urban legends were wild before, they've just <laughs> ramped up another level. <laughs> and yeah, like you say, there's the blood bag teddy bear that's sitting there. There's kind of an old Jason Voorhees mask. There's some weaponry. But on this shelf or kind of a stand on the side, there is a cigar box on top of it and it opens ominously now that the room's empty and then this cloudy smoky sandy looking clown hand reaches out and we know that there's some fuckery afoot yeah we have a shadowy hand pushing open the cigar box and then we cut directly to elliot one of the other kids who was uh not elliot a well elliot does show up he warns them about sam and dean looking for the vehicle and I was kind of wondering, I'm like, why does Stacy say he's not supposed to be there? Because he's an underclassman. Oh. Duh. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> all kids look the same age. So Stacy is Elliot's sister. Right. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Elliot- Are you just making this up? No, Elliot is Stacy's younger brother. I'm not making this up. My mind's fucking blown. They're not friends. She, He's the annoying younger brother. Oh, shit. I didn't <laughs> know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, they're running around like Scooby-Doo, just five friends. I get to teach you something for once. You teach me all the time. <laughs> and... Uh, so Elliot comes in and he warns them against, the Winchesters are coming, the Winchesters are coming. <laughs> Uh, but but also who the who the fuck are these kids where Stacy's like it's okay Max can handle herself like she just stole a fucking car yeah Max can handle herself she's okay it's it's a lot it's the intricate rituals of flirting going on here if I was a 17 year old and I stole a car to impress a girl then and then I was told hey they know it was you and they're looking for you I wouldn't be like oh no no big deal MBD. I'd be like there there'd be a little bit of pee running down my leg I'd be (laughs) fucking scared but but Max is like, yeah, I can, bolstered by the compliment that Stacy grants her and intricate rituals. And they go to int- yeah, I'm, you got me there. And then and then they go to get pizza. And then we cut to Ethan in the bathroom, and he's he's a baller himself. He sees that it's cold in the room. He has a little shiver. He sees that his breath is fogging, and he decides to blow a smoke ring in the <laughs> in the frost. Talent right there. Uh-huh. I I can't blow smoke rings for shit. 
I, I neither can I. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm like, this kid's talented. And <laughs> yeah, he goes to wash his hands, but the mirror has fogged up. And when he's drying his hands off on the towel, he just takes the towel and does a quick swipe against the mirror. And fucking John Wayne Gacy's pogo face is right there. And he lunges out of the mirror. Yeah. Blech. Blech. We cut to black. Yes. And so Sam and Dean, they drive up outside in this old vintage truck. And Dean's just fretting because he can see Baby right there. He goes running over. Oh, my God. Uh I hope you're okay. Baby, 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 please. (laughs) Please, you're okay. Lays a gentle kiss on the chrome. You're fine now. Dad's home. (laughs) And Sam's busy noting the empty backseat. And he's like, Dean, all this shit, all this cursed accoutrements is fucking gone. Yeah. Yeah. And right at this moment, Ethan and B run outside and they're talking about this ghost clown thing that they saw inside that was trying to kill Ethan. And then fuck. Yeah, time to run in with guns a-blazing, apparently. <laughs> right! They burst into this house, badges out, guns out, FBI, clear out of here, go, get, Yeah, I'm like, scat. they're teenagers and, I, I mean, that would work on me, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. They scatter. Yeah. They Well, they all bail except Elliot, who's kind of dawdling, and he's surprised. He's like, oh, you guys are FBI? Like, that didn't yeah. fit into the legends here. Well, but he, but he says, like, he, he, he has eyes as big as dinner plates, and he's like, FBI? Like, that answers so many of my questions, no matter you're so cool and mysterious and terrifying. <laughs> and he walks out. Yes. And so, okay, the kids mention Ghost Clown, and Sam's rifling through what he remembers of the ledger. He goes, oh, John Wayne Gacy had the cigar box. So they look around for the cigar box, and like I said, it's on that kind of stand, and they spot it right away. Yeah. So Sam goes to rush, he tosses it into the fire pit of the fireplace, and he's trying to light his Zippo. Why do their lighters never work? It's for the tension. It's for the, I'm like, cigarette. It's for the trauma. <laughs> Sam douses it in Zippo fluid and the, or lighter fluid, I guess. And um, and then he's trying to spark his his Zippo. It's not going down. Dean is is just hanging back, being Living. a troll. I guess. <laughs> yeah. He 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 delivers like this fantastic line where he says. Uh, oh my god, Sam, this is like perfect for you. This is the best and worst thing that's ever happened to you, isn't it? Because, you yeah. know, it's Gacy, It's he's a serial killer, and you love serial killers, but he's a clown, and you hate clowns. Yeah. And Sam's just like, shut up! He's like, now's not the time. <laughs> yeah, Sam I really cannot, love that. I know. Sam cannot get this light to work. No. And then behind Dean, John Wayne Gacy comes into view. The The lights are flickering, and so Dean turns around, and he's kind of like, okay, come on, snap it to it. <laughs> and Dean gets tossed across the room into the couch. He's kind of flopping a bit, and Elliot just happens to run inside, followed by Max and Stacy, just as John Wayne Gacy goes up in flames. And then Sam sees them behind Gacy's, you know, flamed out ghost, and, and he, he says, uh, and then Dean says, hey, 
Yeah, hey, guys. Again, goes for social charmer moment. <laughs> but oh my god! So Elliot outside the house. We we uh, in the middle of this like Gacy thing. We cut to outside the house, and um, Elliot is hanging out with his sister and and all these teenagers, um, and. He says, screw this, and he runs back inside. And I'm like, screw this what? What are you doing, kid? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize anyone, I mean, no one was forcing you out there. Well, I mean, uh, hey, 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 what was he, what did, what did he want to do? Screw what? <laughs> I want to see why the cops are here. <laughs> why are the cops here? Uh, what made the FBI come to Route 36? Oh, my God. I, did but- they know we ordered pizza? They're eating our pizza. Screw this. <sighs> Elliot runs in. Uh, uh, Stacy and Max follow. And and then they see it. And they see what they see. And then we have the talk. Yes. The, all three of them get lined up on the couch. And Sam and Dean are debriefing them. They're like, okay, I get it. There's no rational explanation for what you saw. And that's just because there's no rational explanation. It's the spookums. Uh-huh. And... They hunt evil things that shouldn't exist, and other people lose their minds when they find out about this shit. So, zip it. Keep to secrecy. And I... I don't know how I... Oh my god. Okay. I don't even know how to talk about Lebanon, okay? Through this whole thing, because... Lebanon the episode, or Lebanon the place? Lebanon the episode so far. Okay. Because we've been going through these scenes and we've been, you know, giving you guys the rundown. But did I did I connect with it? Did I like it? Is it is it is it great? Is it okay? Is it everything that I wanted and hoped for? Um, that's a hard that's a hard like topic to tackle because you know, this is this right here. Where they're telling the kids, you know, um, monsters are real, we hunt things and keep it on the DL. Uh, I think my, my first emotion here was, God, this is so hard because this is their home, you know, like, like they're. These kids can't spread around that the Winchesters hunt monsters because. Uh, this is their home. This is their small town. News travels fast. Community and um, and just how personal is this when they're when they're talking this out? Like how how invested are they in in them telling these kids like don't spread it around? Yeah, because it wasn't. I would say that I didn't catch the severity of it. Like, it didn't feel like there was any desperation behind them debriefing the kids and being like, don't tell anyone. I wanted there to be some more of that. Like, I I wanted there to be more of a personal touch to this. And I have a lot. I don't know when to get into my main beef of this episode. Do we want to do the salt round right now? Because honestly, Lebanon, the episode, is really two episodes. It is. It is. And we just finished the first one. Yep. It's not even 20 minutes in. Because as much as I love what has come before, it all feels like a side quest. Yeah. And it didn't need to. I mean, this really just should have been two episodes. I, I was like honestly confused. 
when this episode was airing. Yeah. Like, as I was sitting down watching it, I, at this point, when we were wrapping up this Lebanon segment, I paused the episode, I looked forward on the DVR, and I'm like, what? Where are we and where are we going? Yeah, because it's we're not even at the twenty minute mark. I, I I turned to my husband and I said, "The only way this is accessible that we just uh, did a speed run through this twenty minutes of Lebanon is if this whole episode is an hour and a half long." Um, mm-hmm. I. Like I said, I like pulled up the the TV guide and I was like, wait, do we have an extended episode this week? Did I miss something? Because I didn't understand that we did this, this first half hour. And then the second, the back half of this episode was something completely and totally different. Yeah. And you know what my theory, my theory at the time and my theory now is still yeah. that in the summer, they promised episode 300 was going to be the outsider perspective. And then they, as they got closer to episode 300, they realized they could get Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And so things got started to shuffle around a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like JDM shows up, you take that phone call, you want him in. Yeah. Uh, so... I totally agree. I know that we talked about it before, and I know that we've reached the same conclusion. Um, Salt round. This is my salt round. Uh, This whole episode reeked of backtracking. It just reeked of backtracking. Um, We were set to do a Lebanon episode. We had a whole John Wayne Gacy, perhaps, uh, storyline set for the Lebanon episode. We were going to have a whole... um, Here's Lebanon jaunt through Main Street and mm-hmm. have all these outsider POVs. Um, but then we had to cut out half of it uh, to fit in um, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Which, yeah, it feels like there was a scoop out happening there. Yeah, which is fine for... I mean, it's it just should have been two episodes. I mean, I wanted both. Yes. And I'm like, maybe if you're not as big a fan of the outsider point of view stuff, then what came at the top half of this episode was just kind of an annoying side quest, like you said. Uh-huh. But I I do really like the outsider point of view. I do like getting the opinions of these characters shown in universe and like what other people think of them. Anytime that we get that kind of spin, it's just further light and further fun. So the yeah. fact that it was felt like it was so short and so pointless was just kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. It was a letdown of expectations, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We uh, I wanted I, I I said it before and I'll say it again. I wanted from this episode, the special episode, I wanted a fan fiction. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, episode 200 fan fiction. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I was I, like, I wrote a fan fiction. <laughs> you did, you did. <laughs> um, I wanted a uh, a meta or a lighthearted. Uh, I wanted episode seventeen, Pleasantville. I what? Wait, is it peace of mind? And peace 15. of mind. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> <laughs> 
fine. Uh, I can read your mind though, Remy. It's fine. We're there. We're on the same page. And and it would have been fun. And I just thought it fell fell a little flat. But it's fun. I mean, it's it is what it is. It, yeah. It just it it's burdened by the fact that it was so rushed. Yeah. I felt like that we could have really kind of soaked in the atmosphere of these outside characters and had some shenanigans and stuff, and we just didn't have time. If we had just had one more episode, it would have been great, but mm-hmm. uh, alas. Rip. And that's the end of Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more to this episode. It was 15 minutes long. <laughs> Yeah. I'm getting so confused with, like, Lebanon the episode title and Lebanon the location. It's all the same shit, right? There's... It's really not. (laughs) No, it really is. We have Lebanon the episode, which is the first 15 minutes, and it's Lebanon. And then we have the Winchester special. Yes. Not to be confused with next week's Winchester special. (laughs) And not to be confused with the casserole Winchester special. (laughs) Winchester surprise. Thank you. Uh-huh. Do we have more salt that we want to fire off at this shit? No. Uh, the Winchesters give the kids their talk. They sit them down. I wanted just some epic music behind it. I wanted some gravity in this. Like, yes. This is our home. Yeah. You know? The gravitas of, like, not just, yeah, ghosts are real and deal with it. Don't tell other people. Be like, this is our job and this is our life. And, like, don't fuck this up for us. Yeah, like, I've never had... Let's look at Dean just two episodes ago. I've never had a place as nice as this. Um, You know, he... This is their home. This is what I'm sticking on. This episode, where he chats with Marty, he chats with Jackson. He's he's just a social butterfly around town. Now tell him, okay, you can't shop in this town anymore. You have to basically pretend like you don't exist. You have to go to Smith Center or wherever. Fan fiction has told me is nearby. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. But they they tell the kids, you know, to keep it on the DL and they actually get a pretty, you know, genuine we'll keep your secrets response. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then they drive back to the bunker with all of the shit back in the back seat. And now in the library, Dean's sitting there with a drink, kind of chatting with Sam about, oh, you know, like all in a day's work type moment. And Sam is still looking through the belongings and he thinks that he has found the pearl. Yep. Yep. He says, Dean, this is it. And he unwraps it and it's a, it's a pearl. Um, Sam is holding a pearl and Dean looks at it and says, is that the pearl? And Sam says, yeah, I think this is the pearl. I'm like, yeah, I can see it's a fucking <laughs> pearl. Okay. I'm but- glad we took this moment to cement it. <laughs> But Dean kind of shakes himself out a little bit. He's like, all right, all right, how's this work? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, And Sam's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Don't you want, like, Mary or Cass here? But Dean's like, there's no point getting their hopes up if it doesn't work. And if it does work, then great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Sam says, well, as far as I see it, you should just hold it and try to concentrate on your heart's deepest desire. And (laughs) Dean says, Michael, gone. Cool. Sounds good. Let's go. Yeah. He has his fist tight around that pearl. He's concentrating on getting Michael out of his head. And as he's doing this, all of a sudden, the bunker lights flicker and they go to emergency red. 
I'm waiting for Cass to just pop in, like, hey, guys, did some <laughs> call? I'm like, there's got to be CODAs. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about how the emergency lights have flickered to red and a figure appears in the dark. And he starts kicking Sam and Dean's asses <laughs> with a shotgun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, watching this episode, we know, we know who it is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do wonder, what were we supposed to think? Do, were we supposed to think Michael? Were we just supposed to think something? Mm. Or, or I, I, maybe, maybe I'm just digging in deeper than it, you know, merits or needs. But um, I, I would think that, even the writers know that we're expecting Jeffrey Dean Morgan here. Yeah. Like there's um, been enough hype around it. There was the entertainment weekly cover and article uh-huh. on it. But, but on this free watch, um, when I just watched it today, I, I was, I had two thoughts in my mind and that was like, one, is this a callback to the, um, in the dark fight of, you know, episode one, the pilot. Yeah. Going and, back to the roots. Yeah, yeah. And two, um, is, you know, do the Winchesters, Sam and Dean, fear that this is, like, Michael escape from the mind. Michael out of Dean's head, you know? I, I really like the idea of that because, yeah, you don't have any clue who is standing here in the dark at this moment. But your wishes had to do with removing Michael. So it would make sense that you're like, oh, shit, I'm getting my ass handed to me. And it's because <laughs> of Michael. Yeah. Yeah. But then the lights, they return back to normal and we get the all of a sudden everything's clear. And yeah. The figure with the shotgun. Don't you move. And holy shit. Dean goes, Dad? <laughs> it's John. It's John. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm going to like default to Jeffrey Dean Morgan <laughs> this whole episode. <laughs> but it's John. If you so. had to pick a fave, it would probably be JDM. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> by, by a scooch. <laughs> Remy, what if we fought? What if I just manufactured and said that I was a John apologist? (laughs) (laughs) What about this time? I'm like, John did nothing wrong. I don't think that you would do a very good job of it. I don't know. I'll try and be compelling. You will not. I'm I'm taking this stance moving forward. I'll try and argue. You will not. I'm just forewarning you. I'm I'm not saying John didn't ever do anything wrong, but... Yeah, this is a toughie. And well, here he well, is. Okay, okay, so let's... Let's get in. Ho- hold on. <laughs> I I could have sworn there was a note in here that was in, in John's defense, and I'm trying to find it. <laughs> You're like, no, who fine. wrote that? <laughs> who wrote that? Um, it's fine. It just would have been goddamn cathartic to see. Uh, that's just what I landed on. Sorry. <laughs> okay, anyways. I can't read these notes. They don't exist. Okay. <laughs> um, So, it's John. Yep. And it's John. And he says, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to do some really quick acclimating to their present location. And Sam, you're not in Palo Alto? What happened to you? 
Yeah. What? And then Dean is the one who says, what year is it? And John has this, you know, moment of what the fuck kind of question is that? He still has a gun trained on his sons. As yeah. <laughs> and I was wondering what the, what kind of question was, what happened to you? Like, what about looking at your two kids? You're like, the fuck is wrong with you? Well, be, well, I mean, isn't that what... You, if you hadn't seen your kid in, in a year or two, and then he shows up looking 10 years older. I'd be yeah. like, why do you look like, I don't know. I think the phrasing of the what happened to you is like, do I look like I got hit by a truck or something? <laughs> yeah, like, you look like he got hit by a truck. There's a reason that it looks like he aged 10 years in a day is like a saying. Sam and Dean? What? Who aged what <laughs> i'm talking aged... about i'm talking about john who came I know, from but john's the one who said that what happened to you and yeah, then he yeah he, he looks how... like he got hit by the age mobile oh that's mean it's <laughs> i'm sorry he's 12 years older he did not have that haircut when we last saw him he did not have that salt and pepper i'm like <laughs> jeffrey d morgan you are beautiful a plus, I will rest my eyes on you. John, <laughs> John has become diseased in 2003, and he recovers only sometime in 2005. You're, you're so mean. <laughs> Is that mean? No, he, it's, 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 what were they supposed to do? CGI him into a uh, old Steve Rogers? Give him a one day washout of like John Brown. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. And like I ultimately it's not that big a deal because we're talking about time travel here. I can suspend belief and say he's from 2003. Mm. I, I just was sitting there and I was like that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh right, no no, he's John. Uh, oh no, wait, that's Negan for those who watch The Walking Dead. I don't, but I'm not uh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, that was that was the filter that I had to... That was the block, <laughs> the mental block that I had to get past. It was like, I, I oh, was like, shit, where's it's Rick? It's Denny. It's Denny. It's Denny. It's Grey's Anatomy, and he's alive again. Maybe he's a ghost, because he was a ghost before. <laughs> Denny, forever and always. Forever and can't, always. Yeah, absolutely. So... Dean says, what year is it? And John says, and I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I'm going with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Dean says, what year is it? And John says, it's 2003. What kind of question is that? And Sam says, no, it's 2019. Yeah. And so John's like, well, how? And Sam thinks that they summoned him. Yeah. We've now sat down at the war table with a, a fifth of Jim and... In the uh, kitchen, in the kitchen. In the kitchen, in the kitchen. Excuse me. I'm the, sorry. The that war I table in the kitchen. I broke the narrative by saying we were all <laughs> in the war room. It's fine. I'm dying. <laughs> So we've sat down and we're in the kitchen and we have a round of of whiskey for everybody because this is a heavy conversation, right? Yeah. And we cut in to John being like, okay, so let me get this straight. You live in an underground 
Batcave with an angel and Lucifer's son, you stop the apocalypse. Dean comes in more than once. Yeah. Yep. And then, and John's just like, oh, oh okay. And, and all the Bibli stuff is real. Like, yeah. God, angels. De- you knew about demons, but the angels. Yeah, fucking loop thrown there. Yeah. And time travel. Oh, yeah, we've done that a few times. Yeah, yeah, we've been around the block, and uh, uh, John's just like, uh, oh, so you've been busy, huh? Yeah, and they kind of mention the Men of Letters legacy thing, and John kind of, like, you could see him going like, okay, yeah, yeah, he remembers with his dad, and yeah, it's like you say, you've been busy, and Sam goes, well, a little bit. Dean is so soft in this scene, I just have to say. Oh my his, god. His face is doing things that I can't, I can't. I'm like chewing my knee right now. <laughs> and then, oh my god. And then, yeah. and then, John well, says, well, yeah. that was, you know, that was the dream, right? That was the goal. Yeah. that He, he wishes he'd seen all of this, yeah. but he went out killing Dean yellow eyes and like you said that was the point right get the thing that killed mom and it's when he says mom that you can see sam all of a sudden click over like oh shit we didn't even tell him about mom and then dean sitting beside him like oh shit we didn't even tell him about mom Uh and this fucking moment (laughs) i know i know i know jeffrey dean morgan i know cups my heart inside of my chest because at this moment it's it's so perfectly done we oh hear yeah mary call out for sam and dean and john hears her voice and his face just breaks he crumples like a piece of <laughs> tissue paper it's this so is, good this is honestly one of like the best moments of any cinema I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, like, I have rewatched this episode, like, two times in the last three days. And every time, my brother just so happens to come in as I'm <laughs> on this scene, and he is paralyzed for a moment as Jeffrey Dean Morgan collapses inside of himself like a dying star. And this is... <laughs> light evoking from his face and you're just mesmerized you don't get to see supernovas like this very often and then mary shows up and i'm just right fucked at this moment it is i mean so we hear we don't see mary at all we hear her enter the bunker she calls out for sam and dean and just those two words sam dean are you here Uh, 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 uh john John's face just transforms. It, it it's as you said, you put it better than I could. He just he just, he just, he just does the thing. He does he the just thing. Does the thing. He just does the thing. Uh, and and then and then Mary comes into the kitchen and then she does the thing. She is just she's full spookums. Like her whole body just speaks of like 
the numbness that you feel when you're confronted with something that your mind just had written off as impossible. And she's like, well, this is fucking happening. And your brain is doing the Windows loading screen as it's figuring out how to boot up again. She freezes in the doorway and she's both straining forward and stumbling back because John is here in front of her. He rises as he sees her. She's like moving forward on autopilot. I have my hand. I mean, I have my face in my hands. I just. I have my tits in my hands. <laughs> just. Hey, listeners, if you ever like hear me get really abruptly muffled at any point in time, it's because I'm just face and hands. Facial contortions. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm dragging my eyelids down. Like this moment is like the highlight moment for the episode, as far is. as I'm concerned. Because when we think about the pilot, if we think about what the inciting incident behind the whole show is, is this family lost their mom, yeah. and they had to make do without her, and the dad's fucking loss of her has driven them into this completely different arc of their life. And here is the dad who set them onto this path, now being faced with his love, the one that he lost, the one that made their lives the way that it is and they're actually reunited and I'm fucked. And the one that Mary lost in these last couple seasons, like she lost John. She's she's dealing with it better than John did, to be fair. But to see Mary come into this room and to meet John halfway and to embrace him and to it just meet in this kiss, this fairy tale reunion moment. Look at Dean's face. Look at Sam and Dean just sitting there because this is something that never in a million years did they think they would ever get to have that they would and ever it get to see right in front of them. Yeah, and they're both just witnessing this thing. That this this moment that, as Dean will say in a few minutes, he says, this is, I've wanted this since I was four years old. Yeah. The, w- the way that they're looking at their parents is just, it's little kid wonderment in this moment. It really is. For Dean, it's that little kid wonderment. And, and for Sam, he has this, well, I, I get for- to see his parents together. For the first time. Yeah. And he also, you know, recognizes the intimacy of the moment. And he ushers, he does usher Dean away. He, you know, taps Dean on the shoulder and he's like, let's, let's give them a moment, basically. Yeah, we, we don't need to be here. They don't need witnesses for this. Because it's a really heavy moment. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God. It's pouring in, (laughs) like, John has been away from her for 20 plus years she's been away from him for like two and a half years but it still is the impossible brought to you and we're boned oh my god hallway talk hallway talk take me away yes so yeah dean looked like he was gonna faint sam ushers them out into the hall and dean here is just filled with wonderment 
And he's going like, it's amazing. I'm freaking out. Like, can you believe this? But Sam is a bit more worried about how this happened. Like, he's looking for the price tag. Yeah, yeah. He says, you, uh, how did this happen? Uh, The pearl and uh, what happened? And Dean says, you know, man, I've. I've wanted this. I've I've wanted this since I was four years old. Like this is everything. And Sam again, he he says, um, yeah, but Dean, you know what messing with time does. You know that there is a price tag on this. Like, what does it mean that we pulled Dad from his time? Yeah. And Dean just says, stop. Yeah, Sam's trying to convey that, you know, I love this too, but they've been burned before, and so he's wary. Like, there's no way that this came free. But, like you said, Dean just wants one family dinner before the holes are poked into this situation. He just wants Sam to stop thinking about it. Let's just go with it. And Sam's not really keen on doing it, but he kind of stops for the moment. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, Dean says, can you just give me one, this one moment? Can you just give me this one night? Yeah, this one uncomplicated minute with it. Like, let's yeah. not poke this to death. Yeah, and we and we kind of cut away from that. Yeah, some time has passed. We're not clear on how much, but um, John is in the library and Sam is not looking for him. He's looking for Mary, but he stumbles across John and kind of stops awkwardly and makes small talk with his dad. And, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. (laughs) This? Okay, yeah. Remy, which one of us is going to be the therapist? Because... I need therapy after watching let me, this. Let scene. me look at my notes. <laughs> what, what do my notes say? Um, okay, okay. So, yeah, yes, yeah. So, John and Sam are in the library, yes. and 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 uh, Sam asks where, where Mary is, and John says, uh, "You know what? Even on that, like, did Sam just want to check up on his mom? What his mom was thinking? Did he want to convey the same concerns that he felt that Dean wasn't hearing?" That's where I'm at, where why is Sam even looking for Mary? Yeah. Does he want to pop her bubble too? But, oh, Sam, I love you. I'm sorry. That was mean. Um, I think <laughs> he's looking for someone that can empathize with his worries right now. Because Dean has full on said, like, I cannot take that burden. You got to put it someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. And um, John says, uh, she's with Dean. She's getting Dean a grocery list. Uh, she's going to make that casserole of hers. And we- yeah. <laughs> The Winchester surprise. Oh, fuck. This is the thing that was mentioned in episode 11, where Dean brought up that Sam went out and got the bologna and cheese and they tried to make this and John threw it out. And here Sam is saying like, oh, yeah, Dean and I tried to make that once. And his face kind of like his jaw hardens. and Yeah. John goes, I remember. Yeah. And he also is, like, they're sharing the same weighted moment in their thoughts. It's almost like John is saying, I remember, and I feel shame for that moment. Yeah. And he tries to express as much. He says, um, you know, Sam, I know that I didn't really do right by you. Yeah. By either of you. I screwed up with you a lot, is what he says. 
And Sam says it's okay. Like, he just doesn't want to talk about that. But John knows that that's not sincere. That's more of the appeasement type answer. And so John is saying, no, like, tell me the truth. And fucking Sam is having an ordeal here. And Jared, I mean... We talked a couple episodes ago about, and sorry, no, just last episode on that ending note for yeah. for Sam, for Jared, and how, you know, Jared doesn't really get to get that emotional spotlight very often, but here he gets it again. I feel like this is the best I've ever seen him. Like, he is so yeah. fucking spot on. I think this is the best that I've ever seen any of them. There's so many small facial cues that he is making and he's changing because you can really feel the weight of what he is trying to bring up here and how he's trying to bring sincerity, he's trying to bring forgiveness, and he's also trying to honor his own anger at what the past contains. Yeah, because he says, um, he says, yeah, you did do some messed up things like you fucked up but but that's not what sam thinks about when he thinks about john yeah i mean we talk about the um uh the perspective of distance sometimes in in emotions um and and feelings but uh, sam is saying you know when i think about you you my father my dad I don't think about the fights that we had. I I don't even remember what I said when we last parted ways. Like when you last saw me, I don't even remember the what I said when we duked it out and then I left for Stanford. I'm not that kid anymore. It's been a lifetime for me. He says it's been a lifetime yeah. since since that night. And he says when I think about you. I don't think about those fights. I think about you on that hospital floor, a.k.a. you the day that you died and the fact that I didn't get to say goodbye. Yes. And you talk about subtlety in, in acting and his, his facial expressions here. It, every word that he says is just, it brings out some new emotion. There's in so Jared, much weight. In Sam. Yeah. Uh, so much weight. Uh, and, and and John is reacting, you know. We see John as well kind of accepting the good and the bad of what Sam is saying. Because at first it's like, yeah, you did mess up. And yeah, I did resent you. But it's been so long that that I am now, you know... I have some perspective on things and, and what I remember about you is, is not the bad. It's that you did your best. It's the regret. And he said, he finishes out to say, you did your best. You fought for us and that's enough. You fought for us and you loved us. That's enough. Yeah. And like, my brother in the background was like, is it though? Yeah. Is it though? I'm not going to get salty. We're not going to get into this now. We'll get into it later. We will. But yeah, (laughs) when you think about where they are right now, because this is 2003, John, he would be fresh off of Sam leaving and whatever heated words they had thrown at each other in that moment. And so that has probably weighed on John's mind a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so now he is seeing an older, mature Sam. Not to say that those are criterion for this conversation, but he's seeing a Sam that is still a bit awkward around him, and yet who is putting the time in to be thoughtful about his response to John and really make sure that John understands that this is a messy scene that they were sitting in. But Sam has done his work to find peace with what had gone on. And the only thing he doesn't have peace on is the way his dad went out and how he wasn't there for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking rough, y'all. It's fucking rough, y'all. And honestly, I mean, I have my beef with how within the narrative we tend to waffle on, um, you know, dad did his best versus... Here's how dad's best is the worst. Exactly. Um, and I have some specifics that I can call to, but I, I, I just... Um, you know, there's so many feelings tied up in this conversation and the narrative of uh, John did his best versus what what we're told within the the narrative. So, uh, and how do we reconcile this? Um, uh, yeah, what I'm getting from Sam is that Sam knows his dad wasn't perfect, but he knows that his dad was coming from a place of love, and he can take some comfort from that fact there. And also, it's kind of like, you you have to, it, it, okay, within the context of why is John here, um, and, you know, this is the first day that your dad, you know, you've spoken to your dad in 15 years, you have been grieving for this, this man for, you know, 10 plus years. years. Yeah. Ah, I said 15, I, I knew I was wrong. <laughs> we, I tried to correct. Um, so, you know, you're not going to come out the gate swinging because you've just been thinking on, you know, your relationship with your father and and good or ugly. Yeah, and and like I'm going to be real Oprah for a second. I'm going to I'm going to drop truth bombs that no one's ever said before or heard or thought. But like, when you are offering forgiveness to somebody, it's really about giving yourself the ability to move forward. And what we're really hearing from this conversation is Sam has done that. That he has made peace with the things yeah. that his dad did. And he has offered forgiveness because it allows Sam to continue growing rather than dwell on this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says straight out, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about... Um, the fights that we had. I just want to, um, you know, I've reached a place where I don't want to talk about that. It's not um, the defining, you know, note. Yeah, it would be three steps back. No, I yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but both Sam and John, there, um, there's a lot of subtleties in this conversation. Um. And there's a lot that we can expand on this conversation, but... Uh, and we will later. <laughs> and we will later. For now, we go to Dean leaving where he was at with Mary, and Sam stops him before he can head out of the bunker. Yeah. And 
I mean, let's think, let's think, okay, maybe Sam was going to, in search of Mary to express his concerns and try to get someone on his side. But here he's approaching Dean and he says, Dean, you were right. You're right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 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 Because he had that moment with his dad and it was a good moment for him. Yes. And something that he wouldn't have been able to do if not for the fact that they're in this situation. And so, yeah, he goes, okay, yeah, Dean, you're right. And do you want some company on this grocery run? And so they drive into town and Dean goes to get booze from the liquor board store. And uh, when he goes inside, he's chatting with Jackson and Jackson has no idea who's talking to him. Right. He's like, um, because Dean's coming off as very familiar and Jackson says, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, do I know you? Yeah, it's very humor the crazy man. Yeah. And Dean's like, um, yeah, I'm Dean Campbell. I'm in here, like, always. And Jackson just like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> uh-huh. And Dean, you know, we, we cut away on Dean's like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. And then out in the street... Um, Sam has just gotten the groceries and he stepped out and he sees Max and goes, oh, hey, Max. And she looks at him like he stinks and Uh calls him a weirdo. And um, he sees across the street that Marta is closing up the post office and he kind of waves at her and she just closes the blinds on him. Yeah. And as he passes here, this is when he sees Dean's wanted poster for assault, murder, and credit card fraud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Dean's wanted poster posted at the post office, and it's that same wanted uh, mugshot uh, that we we saw in season three or season two. Season two, yeah. The Folsom prison bruise. Yes, loose bruise, loose. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's weird. And then Sam's like, oh, fuck. Uh, he rushes over to the Impala. Dean is there and he's on his phone. And Sam's like, okay, um, Dean? And uh, Sam, I'm sorry, Dean says, uh, yeah, I know. And he shows Sam a video of himself. And Sam says, uh, is that... And Dean says, yeah, yeah, it is. Just watch. And we are introduced to Sam Winchester, the Jeff Bozos wannabe. Bezos. <laughs> Bozos is fair. The Jeff Bezos wannabe. They really decked him up like he's Steve Jobs or somebody. And uh-huh. yeah, he's doing a TED talk. And okay. Small moment, but when Dean was changing his phone from being portrait into landscape and he just shakes it, I'm like, old man with technology. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, this video, Sam's a lawyer. He's the head of his own law firm. He's known for loving kale, apparently. Uh In this TED Talk, Sam is saying that performing at your best is incompatible with habits. Like, if you want to have hobbies or if you want to have a family, all of this shit is going to get in your way. And our Sam, watching this, he rushes to turn it off. Everyone loves kale, right? (laughs) And his fucking face. I'm like, oh my god, Jared's so good. And, uh, you know what my favorite meta to come out of this episode is? Uh. 
Oh, I love it so much. The, um, that even though Sam didn't get back into hunting and he's still estranged from Dean, that he, this, this like influencer character that we built for Sam is a boy king of hell, Sam. He's making deals. Yes. I loved it. I love that. I, I love any callback to like, who Sam could have been had hell got its claws into him a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He says, and he says, like, you cast aside uh, attachments and family. And, um, and, and it's humorous in the moment, but I love, I just love the thought of, like, oh my God, it's Boy King of Hell. <laughs> yeah. I, like, he's a successful lawyer, but the whole time he's, like, dealing with souls and shit like that on the side. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. About it. it. While his hunter brother is maybe hunting him down, like, where's the thick, guys? I need the thick. Oh my God, Remy! I have enough on my plate. I can't deal with it. <laughs> and yeah, Dean also has googled himself, and he says, "Yeah, a lot of beheadings." Uh huh. So they have the phone turned off, and they're kind of brainstorming. And Sam goes, "Okay, I think that what we're in is a temporal paradox." And if they don't fix it, then it'll become their true timeline. Right now, they're kind of in flux as the two things are blending together. And after Dean gets past his, oh, what a what moment, um, he says, okay, well, I, I'm I'm pretty cool, but you're just, ugh. Oh, that was so funny. I love that. Like, Jensen, goddamn you. <laughs> but Dean, you know, buys on to this whole temporal paradox thing, and he's like, oh, I'm like, fuck. this is a kid of the 80s. He definitely watched Back to the Future. It shouldn't take him too much by surprise. I think it was more like, oh, that's what we're in. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And Sam says, okay, so beyond the point, let's focus. If this has changed, then what else has changed? And we cut to... Oh my god, excellent question, because here comes Zachariah. And the real Zachariah. I'm sorry, I just adore Zachariah as a dick angel. Kurt Fuller, so good, yeah. Oh, so good! And he is the epitome of dick angel for me. And I was so mad when we brought up his name on the soldier angel in um, season 13 in yeah. the apocalypse world. Yeah, and he was basically like some Draco Malfoy knockoff looking thing and yeah. dies with yeah. the next to no time indicating who he was or like why he deserved that name. Right. Three lines and we called him Zachariah and then we smoked him out. Um, like, it, it, to me, he read so much more of an Anna or a Hannah, but uh, beyond the point, so beyond the point, we have... <laughs> Our Zachariah standing here and in in a dirty alley and and I'm like oh my god Zach and then and then oh and my then. god Cass in the old trench coat in the oh I didn't know they still had any of those I if know they, hey if they still had some in the backlogs then why did we ever go to the trench coat too because it was so inferior to trench coat one <laughs> trench coat three corrected course a little bit but still we have og castiel and my only thought on old versus new cast is like squint intensifies yes i was like he's got a much more expressive range of expressions like his expressions are so much more expressive nowadays (laughs) 
So we have Cass. Squint intensifies. And um, they're stalking down this alley. And Zach says, come come on, Constantine. And uh, Cass drops the, I don't understand that reference <laughs> line. And, and Zach, like, why would you understand that reference? Uh, <laughs> He but, okay. he's savvy. He's been around the block enough. He he's learned the enemy. He knows how best to hate them. <laughs> so Sam and Dean are now trying to figure out how to break the news to John and Mary that this is going on. And there's just a brief cut to them before we're back with Zach heading into that pizza palace place earlier. And he's yeah. gone. He's speaking to Max's mom, Caitlin, right now. And he's basically asking everyone in there, who is messing with time? Yeah, he's being a pushy, creepy fuck. And he says, you better tell me, otherwise this guy, indicating to Cass, is going to murder you all. Yeah. Max, Stacy, and Elliot are sitting at a table and they are just like three question marks above their head. What the fuck is this guy doing? And like you say, Zach is like, okay, answer questions or Castiel here will murder you. And and Cass says, I am Castiel. I am an angel of the Lord. And he shows his wings. We get that ringing. We get the same, like, little flex on the mortals. Flashbulbs uh, bursting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cass shows his wings. And they are whole in a way that we haven't seen in a very long while. Subs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got that own coda in the works, don't I? Um and then he, uh, uh, Sam and Dean outside on the street, they see this flash of light and they say, what's that? And they uh, burst in and then, uh, <laughs> sorry, all my notes say is, did, did we have to do the wings? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like the whole angel thing, especially the cast angel thing. Fell pretty flat. It was just a recycling of... Lazarus Rising. Yeah. And and I don't know. But it's fine. It's fine. We're cool. No <laughs> salt, salt rounds here. Uh, Dean and Sam burst into the Pizza Palace. And <laughs> Sam says, Zachariah? And Dean says, Cass? I know. And Cass does his little squint thing. Yeah. And Zachariah recognizes them. Yeah, Sam and Dean Winchester, well, I'll be damned, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and we realize yeah. what happened to his timeline now that John was pulled from it. Like, he does a little bit of exposition here saying, you know, like, we had big plans for you, but, like, John disappeared and all of those plans changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he says... Uh, you know, but, you know, your dad just up and disappeared. Basically, what follows is derailing the whole plan. And and that's when Zach lights on, oh, it was you. Yeah. Because he's asking, he's, he's, he's here asking what, who meddled with the timeline. And here's the answer to his question. It was you. Yeah. What are the odds that the Winchester brothers are here at the same time bursting into this room? Gotta be two and two here. Yeah. And yeah. So Dean tries again to appeal to Cass and it's just no dice. And Zachariah says, kill them. So here we go. We've got to fight. <sighs> here we go. <laughs> and so 
Cass headbutts and tosses Dean. Zachariah uses his force powers to choke Sam. And uh, Dean continues to fight Cass while Zachariah grills Sam, trying to figure out what was going on. So the thing that struck me the most about this scene was uh, how you know Sam in this fight, in this, uh, we have... Uh, Cass uh, attacking Dean and 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 Zach going for Sam and uh, Zach uh, Zach is forcing Cass. Uh, sorry, fuck Cass. <laughs> There's so many people. Okay, so Zach is forcing Sam down uh, with his mojo and he's saying, "What did you do, Sam? What did you do?" He's trying to figure. I mean, I. I don't know he's just playing with sam basically yeah, yeah and he's coming close to like oh what was that what did you say and um sam goes for the kill he gets his angel blade and he kills uh uh zach right off yes and then he approaches Cass, who at this point has dean pinned against the wall and um he goes in swinging Sam goes in swinging with the angel blade. And um, I just had a moment of Sam ever the pragmatist. Uh, He is, this is not our cast. So he goes in swinging with the angel knife. But Dean, through this whole fight, he is saying, Cass, you know us. He's been appealing, yeah. Yeah, he's not fighting he is uh, appealing to cast like cast this is cast and my little shipper heart just <laughs> wants to die well how many times have they been in a difficult situation like this where castiel has been under the influence of someone else and dean has tried to get through to him and succeeded that there is this connection that they have that dean pulls on in order to break through to castiel talking about dean pulling on the heartstrings um you know in this whole thing Cass does get Dean pinned against the wall and uh, Dean is saying please Cass you don't want to do this yeah Cass has him in a chokehold and Dean is just trying to break the hold uh, like I don't know how to really no, fight. you know what he's doing he goes for the heart he has his hand against Cass's chest right in the center of his chest and he's just kind of like padding he's like this thing right here and wake it up i'm sorry i i i, I, I can't <laughs> no one's asking you to detach from yourself remy go with it <laughs> it's fine and uh so i i have in my in my notes i mean dean goes for the heart literally yeah. And, and but but he's he he's not getting through to Cass. And you know, and he and Dean is just a, it's a chant of Cass. Cass. Yeah. You know it, us like come versus like, got to get through. Versus Castiel, like the angel versus this the friend, the the, the family friend, member. The family. And I I'm, I'm sorry. This is my face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
And uh, and uh, Sam in this time has drawn an angel banishing sig- uh, sig- signal signet bat signal uh, on the ground, and he and he slaps uh, Castaway, but uh, uh, Dean and and you know what? Fuck it, I'm going into it because <laughs> S- Dean is sitting here and he has his hand against Cass's heart, and he's saying, "Cass." Don't do this. You don't want to do this. Cass. And we have this moment of Cass kind of like a a curiosity in his eyes. Like, what is this thing? What is this? Like, we Why have is almost this person this- being so familiar with me. It, but also it's just this like slight moment of hope where we have this like moment of light in Cass's eyes and then he shuts it down and he pushes forward and uh, Dean is he would kill Dean um Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. is of course when Sam banishes him away yeah so my finishing thought is that for the whole angel thing especially for this cast cameo uh this old school cast cameo it's just cast didn't ever get a character moment he wasn't himself he was just a caricature and, and of i'm i'm his like, old self i'm like yodels that's the point that's the point <sighs> okay give it to me give it okay. to me straight because Let's hear it. Seeing him in this role, what he is, is he's the good little soldier. He is there as the 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 attack dog for Zack in this moment. And so what we are getting of Castiel in this fight is like he's no holds bar. He's actually I'm like, not to be salty, but he's actually doing good in a fight. Like he's <laughs> not just knocked out for no fucking reason. And so what I'm taking from this is like this was a Castiel that was no holds barred like he was a soldier for heaven and he was willing to do whatever he was told to do because he still believed in the mission at this point that whatever Zachariah had told him about why they are here what they are doing he was on board for it and so this whole fight this whole bit with Castiel really is telling to me how much our cast has changed from this starting point that it it I just took it, like, the cast that we see in our fights, he doesn't want to hurt humanity. Like, he's gotten to the point where he's not on top of his game because he isn't someone who wants to be. He he doesn't fall into step like that anymore. He has his own things that he's grown to value, and some of that includes being being peaceful not being the sword of heaven but being a shield to humanity and so all of those things were what i was taking from the fight we're seeing old castiel here and how there was no question he's going to fight here and he's going to kick their asses compared to our castiel who now avoids fights and does his best to protect people as opposed to just attack whoever he's told to attack. Well, valid. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad I passed. (laughs) But, but, 
<laughs> you can't just say but. You have to have a sentence. Okay, I do. I do. I do. Don't. You know, that's what my husband says all the fucking time. Uh, use your words. Okay. Here we go. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. So, um, but, um, it only took Cass, like, two or three episodes before we started to become sympathetic to Cass. I okay, so I agree with you. And I'm um, that- I'm leaning in real close to the microphone here and I'd be like be- because he he had a relationship with Dean and to a lesser but, extent Sam. But I'm leaning in real close okay. but I'm glad that we're we're getting real serious about this. Alt verse Cass. Yeah. He also was reprogrammed so many times. And what about Naomi, who said, Cass, you have always had that crack in your chassis. He didn't have the crack in this version. No, it wasn't... why not? No, okay, no. But okay, the bitch, I'm not saying that he's never I never said that. it's not that he never had the crack is in this moment. He hasn't had it flexed. He hasn't had that part of who he is tested yet. <laughs> yet. So, please, please edit out that, that or no. at least uh, reverse amplify that, that, that Yanshi Banshee <laughs> shriek into oblivion. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Oh my god. Oh my god. I need some water after that. Oh my shit. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't stop my end of the recording. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. This is what it boils down to. It's true that the OG cast that we saw was this angel of the Lord, warrior of heaven. Um, I pulled you out no of hell and sympathy. I can throw you back into it. Exactly, exactly. But what about the next time, the literal next time that we saw Castiel, which was in It's a Great Pump, uh, uh, sorry, uh, it's uh, something Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. What's the. No, name there of was the, the time travel one in between, and then, uh, then it was maybe It's the Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. Uh, but 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 it only took a couple episodes. Yeah, before... and and you know where this cast is on? He's on episode and two. Now where? But but he's but on episode two again, again. But no, no, because we had Naomi who talked about the sons of Egypt. We had um. We but why have why would the this cast... alt verse cast? We have the alt verse cast. Why would this cast have any sympathy towards Sam and Dean who have fucked up the timeline? Insofar as he know, they have caused some shit that is derailing the heavens plan to stop quote unquote B? the apocalypse. B, I will slap a bitch. I swear to God, I ain't the <laughs> bitch. So go ahead, slap me. <laughs> uh, what about? The uh, don't what about complete alt cast with this cast. Alt cast? Why not? Why because, not? Because alt that cast who was faced with the apocalypse, who alt was faced cast, with the destruction of humanity. Yes, and, and this he cast rebelled against it. This cast still thinks that heaven is trying to prevent no. the apocalypse. Oh my god! Oh shit! You're fucking fuck! God yeah. damn it! Yeah. Boom. <laughs>
Got him in one. Oh my god, you're right. Fuck you. That's the difference. That's the difference. Alt Cass would have had most of his, <laughs> if not all of his fucking damage done when the apocalypse started and he found out that heaven isn't trying to stop it anymore. That's the point when his faith would have broken and he would have been right fucked with all of the reprogramming. This one, as far as he knows, something has happened that is causing heaven to no longer stop the apocalypse. Because that's the lie he was still being fed at this time. You're so right. Got him! <laughs> oh my god! I have okay. my hands up in victory! <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is going to be like oh a god. ten minute special stinger at the end. It's just <laughs> us having a beef over alt cast versus OG cast versus it our It really should cast. be. <laughs> if you don't leave it in, then it definitely needs to be a ten minute stinger. That's yeah. okay. No, I, it's going to be left in. Let's be real. Oh my god. Oh my god, you're so... You're right. You're right. Ah. Uh. Because I, I, because I mean, it's true. He he did get, you know, when he met Dean, he started having his doubts, or not started, but it, he had when, his doubts, and he had a place where he could start voicing them. Yeah, and and he did get, you know, reprogrammed or reset or disciplined, as they called it in season four, mm-hmm. once. Um, in the rapture when we had the Anna Jimmy, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, 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 he didn't break until Dean pleaded for yeah. him to protect humanity at the end of season four. Well, that's the thing. Like just as you said, when he learned the truth. That the angels were not wanting to prevent the apocalypse. They wanted to push it forward. Um, That's when he did come to Dean in his dream. And he said, meet me here. And uh, he was taken back to heaven and disciplined. Mm -hmm. And, And then... And then it was... And that was when... Dean's pleas succeeded. You know, that same sort of hand to the heart. Um, Cass, like, help me. Yes. How, like you said, how many times has he broken through? And this time he didn't. And and they just didn't have, like, because when you think of Lazarus rising, Lazarus rising, the whole thing was that when Dean was rescued from hell, it was this voice across all channels. Like, Anna picked it up. Dean Winchester is saved. Like, that became the starting point of Cass having this connection with Dean and then moving forward through season four, he started to have a confidant outside of heaven that someone who was challenging heaven in the ways that maybe Castiel wished that he could. I hate you. Why? (laughs) Because you banshee yelled for nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I because I just I like Dean K- 
can't imagine a world where Dean can't break through to the heart of Cass. Yeah. And I feel like that's the point of this. Like, I, I do agree with you. If I sit there on a meta level, I'm like, the angel <laughs> shit was wasted in this episode because we have so much that is trying to fit in to a 43-minute slot. And it's just unfortunate yeah. that that's how it played out. But the reason why this didn't get cut is because that's what it is showing us, is we're getting the opportunity to not only see how Sam and Dean would have changed, but subtextually we are also seeing how much Castiel has changed, and thanks to the lives that Sam and Dean have led. Yeah, so Cass gets... Well, at least we didn't kill him. At no. least we didn't stab him. Uh, we didn't Cass... have to wonder what that would have happened, like what oh, that would have done to the current storyline. Oh, my Could you God. imagine, like, you die care. in fake time, you die in real time? No. Can you imagine uh, Sam stabbing through Cass's chest as Dean is pinned against the wall on Sam the other side? And he, and he gets to Don't see to again me. Cass fall? Don't make me rock. I'm like, <laughs> Sam couldn't do it. We know, like, peace of mind. No, he would have. through with him, too. He, uh, we know Cass what? Can break through to Sam, too. Like, Sam, Sam, I don't think, could stab Cass in the same way. I think he would definitely try to say, well, like, I think he would definitely be more ruthless about this is what we need to do in the moment. Like you said at the start of this 40-minute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This tangent that we are currently spiraling down. <laughs> but... I, I don't know if Sam could kill Cass. Uh, but he went in swinging. He was yeah, with Angel Blade. But, but incapacitating is different than decapitating. I just, oh my God. So we blast Cass away. Yeah, bye-bye. And then- Dean gets his breath back and it yeah. sucks. Yeah, and it sucks. And then we cut to black and then we come back to Dean and John in the bunker. And John- is just so oh, <laughs> mellow, I guess. He's taking the news in stride. I mean, if you think about his day, he's like, <laughs> okay, this You're isn't, right. this this isn't ri- hitting the top ten of weird shit that I'm going through. This has been like three hours, so. <laughs> yeah. So Dean and John, uh, Dean is giving John the rundown of the situation, really, the, this, this temporal paradox where, um, if basically, if John doesn't go back, then, um, then Sam never got back in life and everything has changed. And what it really all boils down to is that, um, Mary would never have been brought back and Sam just believes that if we just keep on keeping on then Mary would just fade away yeah woof and John can see right away he's saying me versus your mom like that's not even a choice that's a no-brainer yeah I mean and John again I said mellow but He's just taking it in stride, like you said. He's he's kind of um, like, are you shitting me? Temporal paradox. And then he goes into, well, you know, it is what it is. No, I don't belong here and I can't be here. Yeah. 
Yeah, as nice as this has been, the fact that you're telling me I have to go back, like, I, I can see why. I mean, I'm not here to fuck up your guys' lives. That was the 20 years that I raised you on the road. Yeah. And, uh, oh my god. And then John says, does she know that I have to leave? And we cut directly to Mary. Yeah. And we, we said John earlier. We said John, that moment, that John moment. Here, this is my God, Mary yeah. moment. This Sam is my Samantha Smith is moment. fucking yeah. selling it. Yeah. We cut to Sam, uh, not Sam, uh, to Mary. Yeah. And she just has tears in her eyes and she says, um, How? <sighs> yeah. She says, How? How? How's it going to happen? And Sam says, the lore is clear. Um, if we destroyed the pearl, then uh, everything, the wish will be erased. And I have my own, like, kind of beef with that. Like, if the wish is erased, then why do Sam and Dean and Mary remember it? Um, and I'm like, what about any wishes that have happened with this Beizu pearl before this? Like, is yeah. there a fucking butterfly effect happening? But anyways, anyways, not this story. He says the power of the pearl is undone and it'll just all go back to how it was. And Samantha, sorry, the Sam, Samantha thing. <laughs> the Sam's. Samantha Smith, I swear to God, she just, she just kind of arms crossed, totally closed off, crying. She nods and she just says, I can't. And... <laughs> Yeah. And Sam says, yeah. I know. And he's crying too. Yeah. And then fucking metaphor. The egg timer goes <laughs> off behind them. And yeah. she just fucking breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Time's up. Time's up. God damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So John back in the library. And we didn't mention, but the table here is set out beautifully. They have wine. They have like candles. Fancy forks. Yeah. Actual like uh, tablecloths and yeah, napkins. they're really going all out. This is a momentous occasion to them. They, they're we're not eating Chinese leftovers out of the fridge. We're no. we pulled out the forties uh, fancy shit. Ugh. Yeah, again clutching my heart. <laughs> so John initially sends Dean to go help Mary, but. On the tail end of Dean leaving, he says that he never meant for this. And yeah. Dean being Dean throws a little joke out there. Well, yeah, we summoned you. You know, none of this is on you. Uh -huh. But John pins it down and says that my fight, it was supposed to end with me. And he says he's incredibly proud of Dean, but he wanted him to have a normal life, a peaceful life, a family. Um... And Dean says, uh, face journeys, I can't even get face into this one. journeys. Dean says, I have a family. Yeah. He has this moment where he looks down and it's like, just, I feel like he's just confirming inside of himself. And no, like, this is, this is my answer. Like, I do have a family. I have a family. Briefly. I want to get on what John is saying here. He Please. says, I never meant for this to be 
a forever for any of us. I wanted uh, to track down the yellow eyes. I wanted to get revenge and then I wanted to move on. And that made me think and, and, and for him to say, I thought that you would move on with, you know, a normal life and a family. It made me think about Kate and Adam. What is John's after? Oh my God. What is John's after? Kidney John- shot. Kidney shot. Oh, fuck, <laughs> Remy, I'm going down. <laughs> Remy, I think I'm dead. <laughs> Don't be dead. You have to hear me. <laughs> I can hear you, but I'm dead. <laughs> so what was John's after? John, who, separate from his his own sons, who would go to Kate and Adam and go to baseball games and have family dinners and had family portraits on the walls of Kate Milligan's house. Um, it, 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 John just had this one mission and he found something in the course of that mission that he, it was his Ben and Lisa, something that he thought. <laughs> So for me, this was for for John to say, I never meant for this to be what it is. I I, I thought there was going to be an after for you and that that after would be a family and a normal life. You know what? I mean, that's what John wanted, right? He he wanted the family and the normal life. And I'm not going to get into. No, that's next week. Cost his children separate from Adam. Um. But, uh, but, but he, so I feel like John might've actually had this light at the end of the tunnel that he wanted for his sons. And, and that, um, you know, I thought that you would settle down, have a normal life, have a family. Uh, that was the ideal. Mm, I'm my 10 seconds I'm spending now and two hours I'm spending next week is Uh. If that is what you wanted for your sons, then you should have raised them so they would know how to do it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Be- because the boys had no opportunity for normal relationships. Yeah, and so like, what kind of guidance did you give them? No, they were totally separate from. I, I oh my god, yeah. Kate okay. and Adam. No, okay. so okay. What are we, we're fine. gonna do we're gonna do what John says. He goes, "What's next?" And Dean says, "We eat." And yeah. so we cut and it's the four of them sitting around this nicely set table and it's just quiet. It's a somber supper and John's the one who breaks it and is basically saying like, we can dwell on the future or we can be grateful for the time that we have and whatever brought us together, we owe it. And so they do cheers with their wine glasses and the ice has been broken and we get this montage of them storytelling. They're grinning at each other. There's laughter. And it's just the one family supper that this family never got to have. Yeah. Yeah. We had the saddest family dinner ever until John broke the ice, like you said. Just briefly, um, 
I, I have that Sam was probably the one that insisted on the side salad to go with the Winchester surprise. I, I was thinking about that when we saw Sam and Mary in the kitchen because there was a cutting board out and there were like tomatoes <laughs> and mushrooms on it. And I was like, Winchester surprise has no room for these things in it. So it, I was sitting there. I'm like, it's got to be a salad. And then, yeah. Their yeah, plates right. have a side salad. And and uh, Dean, with his condiments of choice, he has... Uh, next to his plate, a bottle of hot sauce and a fifth of whiskey. So, bless. Just kiss my fingers. <laughs> it it goes back to Sam's tweet that we talked about yeah. two weeks ago, where she said, "If you're Jensen, like if you're Dean, then you have a gallon of hot sauce to go with it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's he's like I said, his condiments of choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this really light, airy moment. They get to be a family for the first time ever. They're not hunters in this moment. They're just family. Yep. Yeah. And then when this montage ends, um, we go to Sam and Dean doing dishes. And they mention, you know, like their parents, they seem happy. And Sam's just saying that it's unfair that they have to throw this all away. Like it never happened. And then Sam gets kind of speculative on what it would mean if it did, you know, if they could fix things as yeah. Sam is yeah. framing it. Because he, he, again, we saw his alternative self in that AU timeline here. He's someone who really pushes along with mental facilities. He's questioning everything. He's And also when they were faced with Dawn initially reviving, he is sitting there going, well, what does it cost? And so again, Sam is going and saying, well, if if we could change, like if we send him back, like what other things like where what why are we saying that this is where the line is? And uh, yeah, yeah, Dean's saying, would you want things to be different? And he says, uh, he's basically saying, you know what? I wouldn't. Yeah. Like Sa- Sam's going, why does this have to be the line? And Dean's going, well, where would you move it if you had to? Like, where does it stop? Because if we start changing things, if things are different, if John knew stuff and went even further back into the past and stopped everything from happening, then what does that make of us? at the end of it he says would we would we be better off maybe but to quote dean he says but i gotta tell you i don't know who that dean winchester is yeah i i really love this moment for dean because we get a small glimpse into the struggle he's been having in this time because we got to see Sam have his cathartic moment with John, but we didn't really get something on the same level with Dean. And here Dean is giving us some sense that he had anger towards John and towards Mary about the life that they've lived and really held it against them. But, um, ultimately what he has gone through the the fire that has forged them he's become someone that he is good with he says that like i i have no idea who the other dean winchester is but i'm good with who we are our lives they're ours and maybe i'm too old to want to change that (laughs) yeah but but this is 
oh, this is some sort of payoff for the viewer, right? This is something that uh, I like to go on about how Dean doesn't value himself. And but but this is a moment where we get Dean saying, I like who I am and I like who we are as a family and I like this life that we built for ourselves you know yeah. no matter the trials and tribulations yeah that the regrets and the anger and the what ifs he has parceled through them and he's put them away and he's come out saying that for better or worse like I I like who I am it's like the if he wakes up in the morning, he's happy with who he is. There's not this sense of, oh, if only I could go back and do things different. And so even to be provided the opportunity of, you know, we could use this pearl and make some other, some other sort of wish. It's like, well, no, because that will change things. And ultimately, I like what we have carved out for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be thrown into something basically that I didn't earn or that doesn't fit me. I I fit in this life. Yes. Yes. And, um, and, 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 and then we, we cut into kind of the last scene of this episode and, uh, AKA the sad Winchester music takes my soul. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing some terrible adieus here. Yeah. John and Mary hold hands and she just is really struggling to say, I hate this. And John kind of fortifies and calls her my girl. And they just have a moment where they get to share like how much they miss each other. And... um they they have another final kiss and hug and Sam and Dean are rough swallowing as they watch this and then John turns to them and it's really telling I think here he goes you two take care of each other and Sam goes we always do and yeah it's it's not Dean take care of your brother it's you like you guys are grown. I see how capable you are. I see who you become, and I oh shit! Like, I didn't even think about that because let's think about what we saw of John in season one. Yeah, in season two, it was always on Dean. Yeah, take care of your brother. Oh fuck you! <laughs> yeah, and here John has seen them. In living action, like, this is not a Dean who's going, sir, yes, sir, and looking for his next orders or anything. This was one that goes to him and says, you know, we can't keep you here because we'll lose mom. You got to go back. Like, he gets to see how much his sons have grown yeah. in his absence, but also just have grown. And, and he says, I'm so proud of you. Yes. And then he gives them a hug. Everyone's crying. Yeah, what the they fuck? cling to him. And oh he goes, I love you both so much. And tears. Dean chokes out a little. Love you too. I, I, I like how, you know, uh, uh, Sam and Mary are just openly weeping at this point. But Dean does have that little, like, stoic face on. Yeah. And, but then when John draws him into a hug, it's that, 
I love you too moment and the tears really start yeah. to fall. Yeah. You can see he has almost retreated a bit inside of himself that Dean is kind of, not that he's protecting himself, but he's trying to distance himself from the pain well, he that is, is coming. He's, he's shoring himself up to what's to come. I mean, that's what Dean does. Yeah. Um, so John, John lets them go. And he basically, okay, I'm ready. And yeah. he goes back to holding hands with Mary and winks at her. And then Sam puts the pearl onto the table. He grabs the mortar and he smashes it. And when he smashes it, it cuts to Dean like a gunshot. Jensen, what the fuck? Fuck. It's like you said that when he got the hug, it it's like, oh, fuck, I'm fractured. And then this shot is the one that shatters him. I say shot. Yeah. This breaking of the pearl is what shatters him yeah it is it is the 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 shot the final moment the final the the death toll yeah you know so john starts to glow and he fades mary's trying not to cry and dean we're and all Sam crying it's fine fucked. mary you're yeah. fine come join the tears party yeah and uh we get a quick montage here that is showing the world resetting beyond the bunker the wanted poster goes away. The pizza palace no longer looks like a crime scene. And we see Elliot, Max, and Stacy chatting in the street. And Max and Stacy holding hands. Baby gays. Baby I gays. forgive you, Max. I'm like, small town gays, I'm so scared for you. <laughs> and, and yeah, back at the bunker, the main door opens and Cass has returned home. And Sam, Dean, and Mary come out from the library, and they're all looking like they've been rung through a washing machine. Yeah. And Cass says their names. He sees them, and he goes, well, what happened? And Dean's just kind of like, well, there's a story. Yeah, yeah. And um, Cass here is symbolic of their life and the life that they have built, and... Here it is. Yeah, it it's returned. a return of their... Yeah. 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 My only thing is that I just... I just wanted some more cast appreciation. I wanted a tangible, like, cast, you are a part of this and you are with us. Yeah. And like, just, like, bring give him, him down hug. the stairs, give him a hug. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then have him be, like, there, like, okay, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted a I wanted a true like return of Cass and and what it means. You're right. Cass here is symbolic of, you know, what their life is and what how how they have, you know, built on themselves and, you know, what their future is uh, versus what they were in 2003. And um I just I just wanted some Cass loving. Yeah, he was really a compare-contrast element in this episode, and it just would have been nice for him to be a bit more integrated, too. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. We have John in the Impala. Yes. Back in 2003, we can see there's, like, the little spotlight on each side by the mirrors, so it's definitely season one-esque. And um, the old license plate and John's waking yeah. up to a cell phone call. And um, it's Dean. And John is giving us a little insight into what he remembers. And he says, oh, I woke up from one hell of a dream. And 
Yeah, it was a good one. And he's on his way back. See you soon. And I know that... Uh, uh, and, and then that's the end. That's yes. the end. But in this phone call, I know that... Um, I think it was you that brought up how uh, Dean... This Dean on the phone answers the phone and John says, hi, yeah. And uh, Dean says, are you okay? I mean, he must say, are you okay? Because then John responds, I'm fine. Yeah. And then John says, I just had a hell of a dream. And Dean supposedly says something along of, uh, was it a good dream? And John says, yeah. But but just so the two things that we can infer that Dean said on this phone call uh, he's just a little caretaker, and I love him mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. He's checking in, right? Yeah. He the only his only concern is, are you okay? And then was it a good dream? And then will you be home soon? Yeah. <sighs> just yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Ice pick to the chest. Kill me now, Remy. We're gonna be so fucked if we go back to season one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> uh, we're always fine. <laughs> we're always fine. Yeah, yep. that was that. But 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 uh, you know, I don't I don't want to speculate over much on whether or not John did or did not remember the <laughs> yeah. Events. If he just wrote it off as the dream or what, but. That's not for us to really super be worried about. Or if he knew what changing the timeline would mean. You know, he he said himself, between me and your mom, there's no question. So if everything didn't happen as it happened, then Mary wouldn't be back. So even if he did know, he wouldn't, you know, I don't know that he would have yeah. changed Yeah, and uh, well, I'm also like, if it was a dream, like... I don't know. I have some pretty fucked up dreams. I don't really go like, I'm going to go enact this. <laughs> but it's fun to think about. It is. Yes. Rip. Yeah. Remy. Remy. Do we no. do takeaways? Yes. Remy, no. what's your final takeaway? <laughs> no. I didn't want you to ask me first. <laughs> oh, what's my final takeaway? Um, My takeaway for this episode. I really want it to be Lebanon. I want it to be, but it just... It can't because it, we didn't get enough of it. We didn't get that outsider POV I know, that we okay. were promised. So I like, I know what I want it to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This episode was, uh, this is this episode is hard to take a takeaway from because beyond the Lebanon stuff, it's almost just like a blip. Like it never happened, right? Well, yeah, it washes itself out at the end. But but Remy, what about the character journeys? (laughs) The character journeys. Okay. My final takeaway. Final answer. God damn. (laughs) Do you want me to go then? No. No. Fuck you. (laughs) I know. I know I'm being a It's okay. I'm being so mean to you this episode, but <laughs> um So B, what was your final takeaway? <laughs> you can't say that it was okay to be mean to me and fuck you and then be like, anyways, what were you gonna say? <laughs> yeah, what were you gonna say? What was that? Mm, okay. B, what was your final takeaway? My final takeaway would have to be 
I think just what Sam really showed, like he was stamping in as a representative for both himself and Dean and the struggle that they've had with their upbringing and actually being able to confront John about it. I think that moment to me was, I mean, that's ultimately, I feel like why we had John show up in the current timeline. It's not to do crazy what ifs and like, oh my God, is he going to stay? Like, we know. No. It is what have our characters not been able to say to John? What are the the burdens that might still be lingering on them with their father's legacy? And like, what what would they say if they could? And so really seeing Sam have this moment with his father and seeing Jared's performance of it, I felt like was really my takeaway there. Just all of the emotions, all of the difficulties that were being summarized in that one scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right in that Dean didn't have that, didn't get to have that John moment really explicitly. And, and Sam was the vessel for both of John's sons. And it was, it it was, I'm like, I'm sitting here like, Oh, but it was so bad, but it wasn't bad, but that's (laughs) no, I'm like, Okay, for my quick salt round on that, I really hate the note that they ended. Like, I straight up am like, is it though? Is it? But they had to. But they had to. They had to. You know, know, we had 10 years where we didn't have to think about John as a person. We just had to think about John as a concept. Yeah, John as a legacy. John as a legacy. John as uh, the shadow in his son's past. And then now we're bringing John back in the flesh and we have to be nice to him. You know, there's it, no. I Next week, Remy, next week. I know. There, I know. The, the niceness is because it's not about John and his legacy. It's about our characters and how they're moving on from it. So you took Sam. I yeah. am going to take Dean as, my, fin- <laughs> as yes. my final. I'll take Dean as my final takeaway in that... Um, We see here, as you said earlier, Dean shrugging off that yes, sir, no, sir, snap to persona, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, you know what I mean. Being being like an extended arm to his father rather than an autonomous person. He has he has grown. As John said, here you are before me, a grown ass man. And you and yeah, you're still in the life that I didn't really necessarily want for you for forever. And and Dean being like, I don't care. This is my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thread of the episode it is in that if John wasn't there or if John had chosen a different path, then, then Dean and Sam would have been completely different people. And that's what dean ends on right he says i don't know that dean winchester and i don't even know if i would like that dean winchester <laughs> i I just had a brief moment of thinking of dean smith and i'm like oh my god <laughs> and yeah well essentially look at i mean yes essentially yes and um and for dean to say you know this is where we are 
and I can find some contentment in that. We just spent two episodes in the Michael dream and in um, Dean wanting to throw himself into the Malik box and then ultimately deciding not to. I just think that we said just a couple episodes ago that Dean has never known contentment. But for Dean to say here, to look back on what could be yes, versus what is. And um, to be self-reflective enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? He actually is content and can be content in this life that he has now. I mean, yes, there are hardships. There is a few more hurdles to jump. And it's a rough life, but it's the one he wants. It's the one that made him who he is yeah. today. It's the one he continues to choose. Like yeah. we we talked about earlier that, you know, maybe he wants to retire, but ultimately, like, this is where his family is. This is where he's content. Yeah, yeah. So... I, I I just think that has to be my takeaway in that it, it, Dean is Dean and we like Dean and I'd like to see that Dean likes himself a little yes. bit, maybe. Fuck, that yeah. was a good moment. Like I was yeah. I was sitting here, I was like, Sam moment or Dean moment. <laughs> yeah. And that's the episode. That was season 14, episode 13. That was Lebanon. The 300th episode. The 300th episode. We made my it. biggest beef, my biggest... I, I, I just really do need to say that what what disappointed me the most about this episode um, is that I, as the 300th episode, I didn't want this, like, throwback nostalgia. I didn't. I just wanted... I wanted something fun, and I think that Lebanon could have been fun, but by bringing in Jeffrey Dean Morgan, we crushed we, it. We took a hard <laughs> pivot into Ouchie Fields Town. And you know what? I had tears in my eyes, and I would have loved it as an extra episode. I would have loved yeah. it as an episode 14, yeah. but... But for Lebanon, I really did want something just lackadaisical. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I like both elements in this episode, but the fact that they are in one episode, I feel like worked against itself. It did. It did. It was it was it was really two different tones. Yes. And it's unfortunate that Lebanon felt like a side quest. And it just was a bit of a lit up. Uh, a whiplash it could have been so much more yeah but sorry salt round like we got we got two really good pieces of cake that came from two separate cakes <laughs> but we got cake it was good cake. Well, we got cake it was good cake yeah 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 and next week we're having a winchester surprise apparently we're having a winchester surprise apparently. winchester surprise meltdown <laughs> We're gonna have a special topic episode, I do believe. Yeah, we we talked too much about limiting ourselves to 20 seconds go. So <laughs> here we are. We're gonna go with, I don't know how long, Remy. I feel like we could talk about it forever. I'm sure we won't have any difficulties trying. Oh my god, no. 
So, guys, that was uh, our, I guess I already said that was Lebanon. So uh, we'll see you next week. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at NoChickFlickPod. You can reach out to us on Tumblr on NoChickFlickPodcast or NoChickFlickPodcast.com. NoChickFlickMoments.com is our website. Uh, And our email is NoChickFlickPodcast at gmail.com. So yes. we have transcripts up and please do like subscribe, offer us reviews because that helps us get a bigger listening audience. And we love you guys. We want to be out there with as many of you as we can. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of transcripts, now we have we have our transcripts on our website at nochocolatepodcast.com. Um, but we also have our transcripts posted to AO3. Yes. Uh, yeah, no chiclet podcast at archive of our own as an author if you want to draw from them for any meta or discussion, feel free. You're cool. Yeah, you can come chat with us there. Comments are on, whatnot. Yep, yep. So we'll see you guys next week, right? Alrighty, see you guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye.